0: So I watched Miami Vice and walked the dinosaur. I walked the dinosaur.
1: This is not a dramatic reading at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> boom, boom, a laka laka boom <laughs> Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. This is episode... Number 182. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Frilliman, and I am joined, as always, by my two fabulous co-hosts, Jess Dunks.
1: Hi, this is Jess.
0: And Brogan.
1: Hello, it's Brogan. I thought you were saying that Jess was both hosts because his last name is a plural.
0: Uh, Well, I also said just Brogan because you said the last episode that you wanted to be just Brogan. Did I say that? You didn't like the, the last name being in there.
2: You did? did
1: she said that? I accept.
0: I don't All remember right. saying that. I thought you said you preferred so, being just Brogan.
1: Somebody sent an email saying they preferred me to be just Brogan, but that's fine too.
0: Call you hey, Miss King? Oh no. No?
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm not a school teacher.
0: This is Miss King, call <laughs> you, yes ma'am.
1: Miss King is the significantly <laughs> anyway. less magical version <laughs> All of Miss King. Right. So, so we're so, walking the dinosaur.
0: Yes, we are walking the dinosaur. Hey, so earlier today... Um I uh went to went when I was going to the bathroom and I opened the door <laughs> and uh I didn't get on the floor, but I opened the door and i was I was kind of surprised because there was a pterodactyl in my bathroom, and you know it kind of surprised me the pterodactyl was obviously uh frightened as well, and you know it really should have locked the door because there's no way I could have told that it was in the bathroom because its pee is silent so dumb. Wow,
1: well. Well, what do you get when you cross a pirate with a zucchini? What? A squash buckler.
0: All right. We're doing this. This week's episode is the Ixalan pre-release, which is there. Yeah, there's some vampires and stuff like that. But really, it's pirates versus dinosaurs. And this is a really cool set. We're really excited to talk about it uh, because who doesn't love dinosaurs? Especially big feathered ones.
1: As pseudo some anatomically correct sort of dinosaurs, maybe, but then some Probably other scaly correct. ones.
0: <laughs> yeah, the 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 feathers are are pretty cool. Uh, so this this set's got a lot of cool flavor, a lot of cool new mechanics that we're gonna be talking about. Uh, like so, let's let's explore yeah. some of them, maybe.
1: You awesome. stole my segue, Brian. Oh, did I? You took it. Well, we're they don't
0: gonna... go very fast. You'll be able to catch me on it.
1: Our you stole the booty. <laughs> uh all right, so we're going to explore. Explore. Uh the explore, sorry.
0: One explore or two?
1: <laughs> Singular explore. Okay. Just... Unlike unlike Kiora, the crashing wave.
2: No, 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 two explores.
1: Yeah, I that's I <laughs> I, I was Shut can up.
0: We, can we start over. No. Just go all the way back to the okay.
1: All right. So uh, explore has a lot of word, a lot of weird rules, meaning, and I kind of hate part of the language, uh, that says the, that the permanent explores. Uh, so a lot of things will say like when whatever enters the battlefield, it explores and what that means, uh, Uh, that permanent's controller reveals the top card of his or her her library. If a land card is revealed this way, that player puts that card into his or her hand. Otherwise, that player puts a plus one, plus one counter on the exploring permanent and may put the revealed card into his or her graveyard. Uh, So that's a lot of words. Um, Do you guys like that the permanent is the one exploring? It's very floral spasm. It is very floral spasm.
2: Um, yeah, I'm fine with it, like because it doesn't make any, it doesn't involve any choices. I it think it's very clear to new players what's going on. Um, you know, it's it's uh, uh, yeah, I I I don't mind it at all actually.
1: Okay, maybe maybe it just bothers me because I, it's very floral spasm.
2: Yeah, you know, I, I get it. You know, we've got this thing where cards don't do things themselves. You know, but I, I think it's fine. Um, I actually think it would be cool. I don't know it's if they're going to do this, but I think it would be cool to have it be like a template change where wherever something is a triggered ability that doesn't require choices like that, uh, it's the card that does it. Uh, I think that would be yeah. a neat template change. But uh, but I I do think it's different than what we've seen before, which might just seem might be why it seems
0: weird. Well, we've got we've got creatures that fight other creatures, so you know, yeah,
1: that's true. It fair.
0: explores. It, it explores. It fights.
1: All right, you got me. It pings. Um, hmm? So, no, that's
0: not an actual word, but it pings. Yeah, uh, I need another word for that. Maybe I need a theosaurus. Huh? wow. Okay.
1: All right. So a uh, thing you can chair. say you, you can say the thing has explored after all of that is done, even if you weren't necessarily able to do all of those things. Um, if something, if the permanent changes zones before it can explore. Uh, last known information is used to determine which object explored and who controlled it. So we have to explore who's doing the exploring. Did do we talk about what exploring actually is? Like did you say what it does? I did. Okay,
2: cool. My bad. I must have missed it while I was making jokes.
1: I did. I did say all the things about revealing cards and counters My and bad. putting stuff in your graveyard. My bad. <laughs> uh it's all good. Uh once you have some some notes, uh once you have started exploring, you can't Stop midway through. You can't look at, see the revealed card and say, aha, I need to do this now. You have to wait until all of that is done. Um, if you cannot reveal a card for whatever reason, uh, like you don't have an empty, li- like you have an empty library, uh, you'll just get a counter because you can't do the other part. Um, if, the creature that triggered the exploring dies. You can still explore. You just can't put a counter on your creature because you don't have it anymore. But you still get to look at some cards. Yeah,
0: love looking at cards.
1: What else are we? What else? What are, What are? What are we gonna find due to our exploring?
0: Well, I like looking at cards so much. I like looking at both sides of the cards. You know, uh-huh. and and when and most of the times they have a normal magic back, but sometimes they have something different.
1: Sometimes they have things you can see through your sleeves.
0: Sometimes they have things you can see through your sleeves, and that's unfortunate. So, hey, double face cards are making a comeback. Um, uh, so, what's going to happen is in Ixalan uh, there are ten. Double face cards. Uh, the front face is some sort of tool, or maybe like a questy type enchantment, and then the backside is some sort of miracle-controlled monster creation monstrosity thing. Um,
1: is it though?
0: Oh no! It's uh, it's it's the back face is, is is a land in a wacky frame. Now... <laughs> Something that's kind of cool about these wacky frames is I think someone asked on Maro's, uh Mark Rosewater's blog if the frame was what was going to be the frame for the uh, was it the Masterpiece series or whatever the expeditions or whatever they were called but
1: before they actually
0: before they before they axed him. yeah they decided to discontinue him, and he said yes so uh-huh. I, thought that, I thought that was kind of cool that they that they had that they were able to reuse that. Um, so the rules for double face cards are unchanged from, um, uh, Blast shadows over Innistrad, um, each. So i give an example. So there's a card called treasure map. It's a, it's a two mana artifact. It says one, uh, it's one tap, scry one or one tap to activate. And it says scry one, you put a counter on it. Uh, and then if there are three or more of these counters, remove all the counters and transform treasure map. You're going to flip it over and then you're going to get three of these colorless treasure tokens. And then on the, on the back treasure cove is a land that you can tap for colorless, or you can tap and sacrifice one of the three treasures that you got with treasure map to draw a card. Um,
1: Or any other treasure you have
0: or any other treasure, you know, uh, unless you're greedy and you want to hold on to your treasures, like Gollum. So each face uh, is going to have its own name, its own types, its own subtypes. So in the case of treasure map, it's an artifact And it transforms into Treasure Cove, which is a land. Um, So anywhere but on the battlefield, you're only going to be looking at the front face. So the back face, you're going to pretend that that doesn't exist um, unless it's on the battlefield and transformed. Um, The converted mana cost of a double face card is the converted mana cost of face, even if it's it's backside up. So if anything is looking at the converted mana cost. So in this particular case, you are actually going to have a land treasure coat with a converted mana cost of two.
1: So weird, Weird.
0: right? Um, If a double face card is going to enter the battlefield somehow, uh, it's going to enter front face up uh, unless the ability uh, instructs otherwise. We are going to have checklist cards. Um, I haven't seen anything that says like how frequent these things are going to be in packs. But what a checklist card is, it is a card with a normal magic back that has, like, the names of other cards in them in, like, little circles. And you can take that and you can fill in that circle. And if you don't play with sleeves or you play with sleeves that you can kind of see through. You want to use the checklist card, so you put the checklist card in your deck in place of the double face card and you leave the double face card like with your sideboard. And then when you play the checklist card, you go get your double face card out of the box to put it there. Mm-hmm. Um some things about the checklist cards is you need to actually have uh, so if you were to play, uh you need to have all the cards. So if I have uh a single treasure map Slash Treasure Cove. I cannot in my put in my deck four checklist cards for Treasure Map. You know, I have one. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, then let's see here. If you if you use sleeves and you don't use checklist cards, make sure that your sleeves are opaque. You can't see through the back when the cards on the deck because that could be a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last the last comment is. Uh, judges don't have check we don't have checklist cards. Oh we might. Yeah, yeah we, we have this,
2: we, this chance we, that a judge might. Uh, but you know, if you're if you're a judge listening to this and you're running a, a pre release, anytime there's double faced cards in the set, I think it's a really good idea to tell your sealed players, look around. If you're not using your double faced card, uh that if you got some double faced cards and you or I'm sorry, your chest some checklist cards and you're not using them, look around and, and just ask, Hey, does anybody need this this checklist card? Because almost certainly somebody will.
1: Somebody certainly is going
2: to need yeah. one. If you ask your players to do that, it's probably going to alleviate the judge. Do you have a checklist card question? Uh, a lot more frequently.
1: If you're not sure if your sleeves are see through, talk to a judge. Yeah, uh, I highly yeah. recommend. Um, I, I've seen a lot
2: of players recently using the the Ultra Pro Eclipse sleeves. Um, for the purposes of double faced cards, I have yet to see those be uh non opaque. They're. They've always been opaque as far as I have seen, uh, so I highly recommend those particular sleeves uh, because you can get like whatever color you want, including like pink and white, and it's fine. But uh, but generally speaking, it's really important to look at your sleeves, and if it's not a dark dark color, it's probably probably see through.
0: Problematic. Mhm. Yeah, and a way to a way to tell even if you look at it and you're like ah uh, maybe I can't tell if you just slide the card up and down in the sleeve and you can see movement. Uh, like lines move because mm-hmm. in, the, in these double faced cards, they're lands. They have like a thing going across the middle that's uh, like a scroll type thing that goes across the middle that says land. Yeah. If you can move the card back and forth and you see that thing moving. You're.
1: That's a pretty good indicator. Yeah.
2: That's also, also you can see cards that are not double faced through those. So, for example, the little white dot on the back of a magic like card, you, you can see, the you little see dot. that through there. And why that's important is I've seen people uh, try to use like shaded double sleeving or whatever to, to try and obfuscate their double face card. And I can't see the double face card, but I can tell you it's not a regular card because I can see all of the rest of their cards through their sleeves. And that's, that is equally Mm -hmm. marked. So watch out for that as well. It it just, it just makes me so mad when I see that kind of thing. Uh, and and it it could have been avoided. You you might say I become enraged. Um, which is, (laughs) which is, uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, so uh, it, it, that's our next mechanic in fact, is enrage. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about that. Um, so uh, one thing that I like, uh, I'm just gonna point out right across uh, right, right off the bat, Enrage is an ability word uh, that's on a card. Now ability words like enrage, uh, don't really have rules meaning on their own specifically. They indicate kind of a group of abilities you're going to see on cards throughout the set. Uh, and in this case, they all do something uh, if a source uh, is dealt or sorry, if the source of the ability is dealt damage in some way. I'm pretty sure they all uh, are off of having been dealt damage. Is that is that right, guys? Is there are there any that, mm-hmm. that don't that I'm thinking of or missing? Yeah. It's all da- damn, whenever it's dealt damage. Okay, so this is actually just, uh, totally rip off from, from Hearthstone. Um, <laughs> uh, Hearthstone has had a mechanic called Enrage since its inception, which, which, uh, is something that happens when a creature is dealt damage. So, uh. You gotta watch out for that angry chicken. Yeah, yeah, good job, guys. Uh, anyway, um, couple interesting things about Enrage in magic, um, that, uh, if something, is dealt uh, damage from multiple sources at one time. For example, uh, let's say something is double blocked and a bunch of stuff is dealt damage at once. Um, uh, It's only dealt damage once, so that triggered ability will only occur the one time. And the second thing is if if something has enrage and it's dealt damage and it dies from that damage, uh, that triggered ability is still going to happen. Uh, assuming that it, that it can still happen. and what right, I mean by that, that would what I mean by that put, is like uh, if something that would put counters or or I think it's what you were actually about to say, Brogan. Sorry.
1: Yep, um, that's exactly if, what I was going to say. If something
2: would put counters on some, uh, on that creature, uh, or happen if basically anything that would have an effect on the creature that has the triggered ability can't happen, so it won't. But something that might deal damage to a creature or something along those lines uh, w- could still happen because it it's uh, it's not that creature that's dead.
1: Yeah. Uh, I don't, I don't have a good segue into Raid, but Raid's back. Uh, <laughs> uh, we gotta keep all the bugs off of us, so we have Raid. Wow,
2: I was, anyway. I was gonna make a joke about how it was like, how it was invading a set with an old mechanic.
1: Um. Uh, okay, well, that's, that's, that was better jokes. than mine. <laughs>
0: I'm afraid of these bad jokes.
1: All right, uh, much, much like, uh, Enrage... Uh, this is an ability word. Uh, raid does not have any inherent meaning on its own. It's just something that will go on cards that say, if you attacked with a creature this turn, do some sort of cool thing. Uh, it only cares if you've attacked with a creature. It doesn't care how many things you attacked with or what you attacked. As long as you have attacked something with a creature, you're, you're all good. Um, they will look at raid abilities will look at the entire turn uh, whatever thing is, has raid doesn't have to be on the battlefield at the same time as, as the attacking as long as you have attacked your, your raid is successful by certain definitions of successful
0: <laughs> alright uh, next up is uh, vehicles um, so vehicles are returning uh, from their introduce in uh, Kaladesh Uh, And the rules are pretty much the same. Uh, It's got a power and toughness printed in the corner, but it's not a creature unless you crew it. Um, Vehicle is an artifact type, not a creature type. This is relevant for cards uh, that want you to choose a creature type. Um, You can't interrupt a crew, but you can respond to it. So what I mean by that is vehicles vehicles have the ability to say like crew one or crew two, and that means tap any number of creatures you control with total power, you know, two or more, three or more, whatever the crew value is, and then the vehicle will become an artifact creature. So when I announce that I'm going to crew, and I tap my uh, tap my guys, you can't say like, okay, well I want to destroy one of those guys. Uh, or so you can't tap it. So that you can't tap it. Yeah, you can't interrupt that. So um, are, are
2: we just gonna let from their introduce go? I'm sorry. I I could have sworn you said from the, from their introducing Kaladesh. I was just making fun of you for oh. that. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. My bad.
0: I'm sorry. They, like, you I don't didn't hear saying... it, so
1: I can't. I can't oh. hold. I can't hold Brian accountable for something oh, no. I didn't hear. Okay.
0: Sorry. Okay. You were saying. I interrupted um, rudely. It's fine. Uh, you can tap. You should have. If you're going to make fun of me, you should have done a lot sooner.
2: Yeah. Well, I was. You <laughs> kept talking. I was waiting for you to or, take a breath, or and you lots, didn't.
0: It's like you're oh. on like
2: super caffeine right <laughs> now. I don't know. What's you
0: should <laughs> have. You met Brian. <laughs> right? Well, it's. Yeah, I got the timer here where you're like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you should have you should have said something sh- schooner. Um
1: Oh my god. <laughs> yes. Uh That's yes. my favorite one so far.
0: Okay. Uh you can you can tap a a uh you can crew with a creature that you just played, a summoning sick creature. Um an animated vehicle. However, if you play a a, a vehicle and then animate it, it can be summoning sick. So, you can crew with a summoning sick creature, but you can't Attack with a summoning sick vehicle that gets crude. Right. Uh, you can, what's that?
1: Unless it has haste.
0: Unless it has haste. You can tap more creatures than are needed. Uh, the crude creatures, while flavorfully they're riding on the, the boat yelling and screaming, <laughs> uh, they're not actually attached to the vehicle in any way. The dinosaurs are not actually riding in the ships. Which is a, which begs the question, if a dinosaur cruises a ship, and then the ship gets destroyed by something that destroys artifacts, what do you call that? Uh, a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Ha.
2: Goodness gracious. That's really funny. I love it.
0: That's
1: okay. really good.
0: <laughs> um yeah. Okay. Uh let's see here. And then uh cop- if you somehow make a copy of an animated vehicle, you get an unanimated vehicle. Yay. Just like just, just like creature copies. lands. Just <laughs> like creature lands.
2: Uh speaking of copies, um we have we have a, a sweet new rules change that we need to talk about.
1: Um and Jason the J-Sets?
2: Yes, Jason That's the J-Sets. Jason's uh, new band. Jason the Mind Sculptors. Um which is a I think that would be a sweet name for a band. Um so we have a rules change. It's actually uh, uh it's really only one rules change, but it has a lot of implications. So the rules change is that uh That the Planeswalker uniqueness rule is going away. Poof, it's gone. Doesn't exist anymore. What? And, alas. Along with that, Planeswalkers are getting a new type. That type is legendary. Super type, technically.
1: Super type. It's the best type. What kind of type is that? It's a super type. They needed to be more super.
2: Yeah, so we've made that type line a whole lot longer. Uh, and yeah. so, for example, uh, Jace the Mind Sculptor, if it were reprinted today, would say Legendary Planeswalker Jace on its type line, um, and it, all Planeswalkers have been errated to say Legendary. What that means is that if I have the uh, new card, Jace Cunning Castaway, in on the battlefield, and I have another card named Jace Cunning Castaway on the battlefield, that the legend rule applies and I need to pick one of them to stay on the battlefield and one of them to go to my graveyard. But if I have Jace cutting Castaway on the battlefield and then I cast Jace, the mind sculptor, uh, I get to keep both of them because they have different names. Uh, this is a change in the rules from how, uh, from how they, they used to work. Uh, the, the planeswalker uniqueness rule used to be a little bit different from that, but moving forward, that's what we're going to be doing starting at this pre-release. Um, so, Jess, how many Gideons do you want to play now? All. All the Gideons. Uh, hold on, let me think. Probably not Sun's Champion. No, that was also Sun's Champion. What's the, what's <laughs> the name of the Gideon The Gideon from that set? I don't remember. Anyway, uh, all but that uh, one.
1: Um, I don't remember what Gideon that is. Oh,
2: man. Yeah, so but many Gideons. I can't one. ever lose the game with Gideon in play. Um so actually, having a bunch of Gideon, I, I want to attack with all the Gideons at the same time. Like that's that's what I want to do. Is that is that the dream? That's the dream right there. Be like, I will activate, 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 and all the Gideons will punch you in the face as an army, a phalanx that's, of Gideons.
1: It's a, it's a very Gideon thing to do. <laughs> all right, the word Gideon has lost all meaning in my brain. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm giddy Gideon with Gideons. I cast, profa- I cast Profane Command on all my legal Gideons. <laughs> Oh my
1: gosh. Who's it's ready a, to... This
0: an old joke.
1: Who's ready to talk about individual cards that are doing cool things? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I am ready to talk oh, about this awesome pirate lady. Yeah. All right. Uh, cool. By the name of Admiral Beckett Brass. She's a bad uh, brass. I don't get it. Bad brass. Anyway.
2: What?
0: Oh, I get it do now. You, do, you see, do you see that she's standing in a brass hole?
2: Whoa, What?
0: What? Oh wow. Oh wow,
2: I totally didn't see that. And now I do, and now I can never unsee it. Wow. <laughs> You're a brass hole. Any, I,
1: I want you to know that they had just made the cart, like I was looking at the show notes with the card in it, and then somebody went in and like made the card bigger. Yeah, I needed to see what he was talking about. Seeing the art better. Um yes. at any rate, uh visual <laughs> visual humor in a podcast, everyone's favorite. Uh Admiral Beckett Brass is a legendary creature, human pirate. Uh, You're going to hear a lot of things with ex-pirate at some point tonight, today, whenever you're watching this, listening to this. Uh,
0: Former pirates, got it. What? You said ex-pirates?
1: Ex-pirates, yeah. Yes. Uh, So Admiral Beckett Brass, uh, other pirates you control get plus one, plus one. At the beginning of your end step, gain control of target non-land permanent controlled by a player who who is dealt combat damage by three or more pirates this turn. So you you battle some, somebody with some pirates, then you get to steal their stuff. It's, it's awesomely fa- flavorful. Uh, the ability checks what happened earlier in the turn. She did not have to be on the battlefield when the pirates dealt their damage, as long as even if you play her after combat, it, she sees her Pirate friends do their, their pillaging and takes all your stuff. Um, if one pirate deals combat damage multiple times, it, like it has double strike, maybe it is still only one pirate and still only counts as one of three pirates. Uh, in multiplayer, if you hit multiple multiple players with three or more pirates, you still only get one thing. If I have a million pirates and I I want to attack all of my opponents and take all their stuff, unfortunately, I cannot do that. Uh, if we are playing Two-Headed Giant, uh, as when we're attacking, uh, we get to choose which head is taking that damage. So we can correctly choose to damage whichever... Basically only one of the opponents and not distribute our, our damage poorly and not get to steal your stuff. Um, a neat fact that uh, Jess pointed out that before the show was that this uh, this pirate lady is actually the artist's mom. So if you take a look at her, you that and look up that artist, that is uh, that is his mom. And I imagine he is super hyped to be able to put his mom on a magic card.
2: Yeah, he was saying that on Twitter, and I thought it was really really neat. Um, I love that he was hyped. He was like, I I I'm so excited that I finally get to put my mom on a magic card. I noticed he didn't tag his mom on Twitter. I imagine that means she doesn't have one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just, I just love the like that the fact that we're acknowledging that a mom character can be awesome and do awesome cool pirate things, not just like like mother of Runes, I'm here to protect you. Like m- my mom is here to pillage all your stuff.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's actually kind of terrifying. Um, I love it. Speaking of pillaging, Brian, if you're talking, you're on mute.
0: Oh, I am on mute. So the next card is Angrath's Marauders. It's five red, red. For an X pirate, where X is human, it's a human pirate. Um, it's four four. It says if a source would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals double that damage to that permanent or player instead. Uh, oh, these are always fun. Talk, yeah, so I wanted I wanted to talk about uh, so if an effect uh, so if you're going to shock a creature. Instead of doing two damage, you're going to do four damage. This is a replacement effect; it's not a trigger. What I want to talk about, I want to talk about how this interacts with Trample. So let's say I have um, a four-four creature with Trample, okay, and this uh, and Marauder Outer. Let's just say that the the Marauders gets Trample, and I attack, and uh, I'm attacking Brogan, and Brogan decides to block with um, a two-two. Uh, may just you know, just some random tutu maybe like uh, a bear cup. I block um, with
1: rune claw bear.
0: You block, she blocks with bear cup. This is my scenario. You're gonna block with bear cup. Um.
2: Oh my god, I think they're outnumbered. It's all rune claw <laughs> bears for days.
1: <laughs> it's runeclaw bears all the way down. Yes, all right. Okay. So, so, I block with a so, rune claw bear. So,
0: okay. So normally if there wasn't any blocking or anything like that, uh my four four trample with this with this ability, if a source would deal damage to a permanent player, they would take eight, right? But uh Brogan blocked with with um the the bear. So with uh with the with the baby bear. So what's gonna happen is my four four creature, I'm actually going with trample, I would assign two to the bear and then two to brogan, and that's what gets doubled. OK, I can't assign one to the bear knowing that it's going to double to two and then the remaining three doubling to six to Brogan. I have to assign lethal to the bear, which is two, and then it's going to get doubled to four. So I'm going to overkill the, the bear.
1: My bear gets super punched.
0: Right. And uh, and then I'm going to do two, which gets doubled to four to, to Brogan. Um now, this is also something where if an effect asks you to divide damage, you're going to divide, you're going to divide the damage and then you're going to double it. So if you get to do two points of damage divided amongst two targets, you're going to do one and one. They both double to two. Um, and then if somehow you have two of these marauders, uh, you're going to get four times, uh, four times the punch in power because it'll <laughs> double and then double again. And that's, uh, that's, that's
1: pretty cool. I also like the art on that card. It's, it's pretty, pretty baller. Sweet, so, All
2: right. Um, our next card that we're going to talk about is Arcane Adaptation. Uh, this is actually uh, – it's kind of a hidden rules change. We probably could have talked about this at the beginning of the episode. But um, Arcane Adaptation, it's pretty straightforward. It says, as Arcane Adaptation enters the battlefield, choose a creature type. Creatures you control are the chosen type in addition to their other types. The same is true for creature spells you control and creature cards you own that aren't on the battlefield. Um, this is, uh, this is not particularly a, a new effect. This seems pretty straightforward, but there's a small rules change to make this make more sense. And this rules change has some, some reaching implications. Um, we haven't received the official rules update on this yet. Uh, but. Uh There was a big hubbub a little bit ago about Blood Moon changing. Well, this is the same rules change that's affecting this. Um, so it used to be that when something was entering the battlefield and there was a replacement effect that changed how that entered the battlefield, you would not look at any continuous effects that were on the battlefield that, that might change what it is while it's on the battlefield. That's no longer true. Now, you do look at those effects. So, for example, if I have Blood Moon that says all my non-basic lands, all non-basic lands are mountains, and I play a Shock Land that says this enters the battlefield tapped unless its controller pays two life, it used to be that even though it was a mountain on the battlefield, it would still enter the battlefield tapped unless I paid two life. This was very confusing. It was unintuitive for players. Now... Instead, it's just a mountain. It doesn't come into play tapped. I don't have to pay two life. I don't even have the option of paying two life, because that replacement effect uh, will look it forward and see that it doesn't exist when it's on the battlefield, so it won't apply. Now, where this comes into play with Arcane Adaptation is this really weird corner case with Metallic Mimic, where Metallic Mimic, if you choose Zombie... And if you have Arcane Adaptation on the battlefield and it, you choose Zombie, uh, for example, uh, then whenever you cast a, a, a creature spell that normally the, – the, the play a creature card that's not a zombie, it, well, it's a zombie because of Arcane Adaptation, and it's a zombie on the battlefield. But there's some weirdness with the way the rules used to work where it wouldn't get the plus one, plus one counter from Metallic, Mimic. That's no longer true. So this rules change makes it work the way you'd expect – that creature enters the battlefield with the plus one, plus one counter. And I imagine that this card being printed is why they made that change now.
0: It does tend to make sense.
1: It's super, like, I, I like this change. It's, it's intuitive once you understand it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's very intuitive. It's just, I think for new players,
2: it's going to be extremely intuitive. I think for mm-hmm. established judges, it's going to be relatively easy to it's explain. But I, I think for established players, competitive players, that's where we're going to have the hardest part because they're going to not yep. understand. They maybe didn't understand quite the way it worked before, but they knew what the end result was, and then now they don't know why it's different. So well, think,
1: it's always worked this way.
2: Exactly, and that's I think going to be the the biggest problem that we experience. Uh, it's kind of uh. a, you know, the the yeah. I'm reaching. I, I try. I thought I was having a segue there, and I, I didn't have one. Sorry. Uh, Wait,
1: did you think you had a segue into into Bloodfast?
0: Yeah, but I didn't.
1: <laughs> it's the best meal of the day. Wait, anyway. Wow. Oh. Uh, Bloodfast. Ew. <laughs> Bloodfast. Uh yeah, so uh, is it Arguel? Arguel's Bloodfast?
2: Uh I'm going to call it that. I mean, it's it's talk like a pirate day, right? So it's
0: Arguel.
1: Arguel's bloodfest. Hey,
0: hey, before we get started, what's a what's a pirate's uh, favorite letter of the alphabet?
1: See, you'd think it would be R, but it's probably Their I. true love is truly is truly the C.
0: Aww. Aww. Did I did I just oh. ruin
1: your joke? When, uh,
0: I would I would say that you enhanced it. Yay! Yay!
1: Uh, so bloodfist. Um. It is a uh, Legendary Enchantment. Uh, that It is a double-faced card, so I'll break it down into two parts. Uh, so it is one in black, pay two life to draw a card. And it says, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you have five or less life, you may transform it. Uh, so for reference, that is an intervening if clause. It's not going to uh, trigger... Unless you have five or less life, you can't wait for it to trigger and then go below five. It doesn't work that way. Uh so then once you have transformed it, it is the it is a legendary land called Temple of Acclazots. Aclazots, You know, many Zs and L's. I'm pretty
2: sure it's R closets.
1: <laughs> There's no R there. But I accept. <laughs> uh is legendary land that can tap to add black to your mana pool, or tap and sacrifice a creature to uh, gain life equal to the sacrificed creature's toughness. Uh, so because you are paying the cost of sacrificing a creature, you can't somehow choose the thing you want to sacrifice and then respond to that, or wait to find out what your opponent is sac. Can't do anything with that once you have chosen to pay that cost. You have paid that cost. That creature is sacrificed. Um, and to determine the creature's toughness, we will use less known information. So if it was a five five on the battlefield where you're gonna gain five, even if for whatever reason it's maybe had a counter on it and it's it's not you don't gain four because the card has four on the butt, you gain five. Anything else you want to say about all these many A word cards?
2: I don't think so. I think I think it has a fun combo with our next card, but I'll wait until we get there.
0: Oh, that's that's very nice of you. That's that's you know taking that high ground. Uh, the next card is Axis of Mortality. Oh, that's mortality, not morality. Not
1: Morality. Not I saw morality. where you were going. With that. I was oh. wondering
2: what you were talking about.
1: I saw where you were I, going.
0: Well, with it's a white card, so obviously it's going to be morality, but it's vampires, so no.
1: <laughs> not, so um, not quite.
0: So not, so not so not so, much of that. Um, humans are our friends, not food. Um, hmm. For Fort White White, it is an enchantment that says, at the beginning of your upkeep, you may have two target players exchange life totals. Jeez, if this isn't just obnoxious as all get out in some That's sort of cute. EDH game. Like um, Alright, so, a uh, few notes on this card. Uh, it does target two players, so... Um, if one of those players becomes an illegal target, then you, you can't exchange life totals with them. So the ability will still resolve. It just won't do anything. Um, now let's talk about what an exchange means. Uh, so if two players are going to exchange life totals, so if Brogan's at 20 and I'm at 10, and, uh, I've got the, the axis of mortality, um, and I want to swap life totals. What that means is it doesn't actually mean that I get Brogan's 20 and she gets my 10. It means I gain 10 life to get me up to 20 and she loses 10 life to get her down to 10. Uh, if for some reason one of us can't, uh, uh, like if I can't gain life, then the exchange isn't going to happen. And if Brogan can't lose life, the exchange isn't going to happen. Um And uh, some other neat thing in Two at a Giant, each player is considered to have the same life total as, as his or her team. So if you are at 30 in Two at a Giant, well, 30 is the number that you can exchange.
1: I don't get somehow half of it because I am half of one of the heads. Right.
0: It's not half. And there's there's also a weird thing where it said it said in the in the facts that it says two target players, so if you and I are on the same team and for whatever reason we can I,
1: we want to exchange ourselves.
0: We exchange ourselves and nothing happens. So it's like, Hey Brogan, I'm at thirty. What are you at? You're also at thirty? Cool. Let's exchange let's, let's swap. Let's swap. No, it doesn't happen. So there we go.
2: Well, the next card we're going to talk about is interesting because, um, it's similar in templating to one of my favorite cards. Um, this card is called Belligerent Brontodon. Okay. And it's, it's, this is possibly one of my new favorite cards because what it it's says cool. is each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power, which is not quite the same, but very similar to, uh, one of my favorite beautiful cards, which is Doran the Siege Tower, uh, Doran. but this is a dinosaur, which makes it significantly <laughs> cooler. Uh, it's dinosaur It's dinosaur dinosaur ran. Yes, it's uh, belligerent dinosaur ran. Uh, um, and you know, I I don't know. The problem is like it costs seven mana, so I don't think I'm ever going to play it in anything reasonable. But nature finds a way, so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> And anyway, nice. so the, the the really interesting thing about this card is that your creatures assign damage equal to their toughness, but their power doesn't ever actually change. Their power and their toughness stay the same. This just changes the rules about how they deal damage, so that instead of dealing damage based on their power, they're I'm doing I'm it based damage. on their toughness. Combat damage. Uh, Yeah, so actually that's a good point. This is specific to combat damage, so effects like fighting or anything that cares about their power uh, will be unaffected by this. This only affects the rules about combat damage. Um, I think... You can't do all
1: kinds of broken nonsense with it
2: because... Oh, oh, I can do all kinds of broken nonsense with it, just (laughs) not... uh... Did you say broken nonsense? Broken nonsense. Oh man, we can do some broken nonsense with that.
1: Yes. Welcome to the jokes I've been making for many many years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's it's new to it's new to the, us, okay? The
1: Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, That's going to be stuck right.
2: in my head forever. Thanks.
1: Enjoy. Uh so, speaking of cards that are similar to other cards but slightly different, uh we have Bonded Horncrest, which is just a bigger version of Mog Flunkies. Uh Bonded Horncrest costs 4. Three and red for a five-five dinosaur that cannot attack or block alone. Uh so if you have two of them, they can attack together. They can swing for ten together. Uh they can if if you have another thing to attack with, they don't have to attack the same thing. Uh I can attack Jess and also one of Jess's ten Gideons, uh, and they can still attack. Um Once it has attacked or blocked, uh it will still be attacking or blocking, even if the the friend it had to attack with is gone or is removed somehow. Uh if uh something if you're if an opponent has something that says, uh opponent's creatures must attack if able, uh I and I have another creature to attack with, they both have to attack, which is sad. Uh If I am playing two-headed giant, I can choose, I can attack with this as well as a teammate's creature. Even though I am not attacking with two creatures, it is not attacking alone, because my teammate is also attacking. Or my teammate's creature is
2: also attacking. So does this uh, similarly force my teammate's creature to attack if I only have this and they have a creature? It's a good
1: question. I'm pretty sure
2: the answer is yes. Yes, it does. I, I uh, think so. Yeah, that's just a weird one that I'm making another player's creature attack. But yes, I think I think it is actually required.
1: That's awkward. Alas.
0: Alright. The next card we're gonna talk about is Deadeye Plunderers. Uh which is also uh which is three blue is he, black.
2: Is he holding a fish? Is that like I'm gonna, I'm gonna zoom in on this image. Hold on. Yeah, that's a fish with a harpoon. A
1: that's a harpoon fish
2: fish, harpoon gun. fish.
1: Also, that's I think that's a lady. I. I'm oh, sorry. Tell. You're right.
2: You're right. I, I I think you might be right. I could not tell from the distance because I think and the only in the, indicator in the is like the the chin line. In
0: uh, the background, it's Lafayette from Hamilton.
1: <laughs> it's not so. Lafayette. It's it's Burr. In no. The
0: right. no, the other side.
1: Oh, the okay, fair. Anyway,
2: yeah, sorry about that. It's yeah, so Ham- she is holding a fish. Flavor Text, keep your friends close and your enemies within range of a fish.
1: Of your fish?
2: Of your fish.
0: Mm. Okay, sorry. Dead Eye Plunderers gets plus one, plus one for each artifact you control, and has an ability two blue and a black. Uh, You can activate that to create a colorless treasure artifact token with tap, sacrifice this artifact, add one... Man of any color to your mana pool. Now we actually haven't talked about, th- but there's a, a treasure theme in here. There's a lot of uh, abilities that that make uh, these treasure tokens, uh, which are similar to the gold token that was around uh, a few sets ago. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting about this card, um, and there's another card that's similar to it, is so if you decide, to, let's say you have two treasures. Uh, which are artifacts, or maybe uh, a clue, or something like that, and you attack with your, your ex-pirate, uh, your Deadeye Blunderer, uh, Plunderers.
1: Blunderers. Plunderers.
0: Blunderers. <laughs> Deadeye Plunderers. You um, to make a fish pun with that. but So you attack, uh, Deadeye Plunderer would get the plus two, plus two for the two artifacts, it'd be a five, five, and the opponent blocks with a four, four, and... Um, Dead Eye Plunders is going to have four damage marked on it, so if you decide in your post-combat main phase to, say, use two of those treasures uh, to make mana to cast a spell, uh, Dead Eye Plunders is going to go back down to a 3-3, three, three, and it's going to have four damage marked on it, and it's going to die. Um, there's another similar card, in, in that vein at least, called uh, Drover of the Mighty, which is a uh, one and a green for a 1-1, one, one, uh, X-Druid, uh, where X is human.
1: <laughs> where X um, is human.
0: Where X is human, uh, and it has it has Drover of the Mighty gets plus two plus two as long as you control a dinosaur. So it'll be a three three. If I if I only have one dinosaur and I attack with my Drover and the dinosaur, and you say block the Drover with a two two, and you block and kill my dinosaur, uh, my Drover of the Mighty after Comet the dinosaur is gonna go dead, be dead. I'm gonna lose the plus two plus two from the dinosaur, and my Drover is gonna die. It's what? gonna go dead. It's gonna go dead. Sad. It is sad, but you know what? It's not as sad as. Oh, that's a horrible segue. I can't segue at all with
1: that. All right, that was (laughs) ominous. What do we got now?
0: Our next,
2: (laughs) our next card is called Deep Root Warrior. I'm not sure why that's sad at all. Uh, Because
0: I hadn't scrolled down to read what the next card was before I started the segue.
2: You're supposed to know what you're (laughs) segueing into before you
0: segue. (laughs) It's playing. so much better. It's just a blind segue. It's it's like playing, a, it's like uh, doing reveal on like Cards Against Humanity or something like that. You just set it up and you flip it over and hope it fits. Yikes. Wow. Uh,
2: okay, so, so this Deep one's pretty warrior, straightforward. Right? It's, a, it's a two mana two two. It is a grizzly bear. Um, Deep Root Warrior is actually a merfolk warrior. It's green. Weird. Uh, that's a thing in this set. White vampires, green merfolk. Um, I like. and it's, uh, it says whenever Deep Root Warrior becomes blocked, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. So it's like half of Bushido. <laughs> um.
1: Fair. And only for one.
2: Yeah, and only for one. So, uh, whenever, whenever this becomes blocked, it, it gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Um, if multiple creatures block this, uh, Deep Root Warrior, uh, it is... Um, if a multiple creature blocks deeper warrior, it is gonna be just uh, just get plus one plus one. it's not gonna get uh multiples uh just because you blocked with multiple creatures.
1: It's because it still only became blocked once.
2: Yeah, it's sad, 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 it's, sad.
1: uh well, maybe one day it will grow up and be able to get bigger. All right, so growing. Why get... I get all the ca... I get all the cards with the like weird unpronounceable names. Uh, growing rights of Itlumak. Sure,
0: and I seem to hate.
1: Another legendary enchantment. Uh,
0: Just imagine you're a Klingon for... saying it's Itlumak.
1: Itlumak. It's a it's a cost two in green, a legendary enchantment. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. And also at the beginning of your end step, if you control four or more creatures, transform it. Uh, once again, that, se- that second trigger is an intervening if. You uh, can't somehow wait for the trigger and then make a new creature while that's on the stack. You have to have four creatures for it to trigger. Uh, however, if you need to, if you have something that says sacrifice a creature in your end step, uh, at the, at the beginning of your next end step, you can stack your triggers in a way such that this will trigger while you still have all, all the creatures you need. So be, be careful about how you stack your triggers if you're concerned about that. Um, if you have gained control of a creature, until end of turn, if I have stolen someone's creatures for a turn, uh, it will be there for this trigger. So your opponent just gets the double daggers. Uh, for for the reference...
0: Double, the double daggers of Itlamok.
1: Yes, the double daggers of Itlamok. For what it, for what it's worth, the back side of the card is also... The flip side is really cool. It's It I makes green mana, or it's Sky's Cradle. It makes green mana... One green mana for each creature you control, which is sweet. So I like that it it is the the benefit of Guy's Cradle with also if you need it to just tap for green when you don't have any creatures, you can do that. Have you noticed um have you noticed that these double face cards
2: say on them what they transform from? Why do you think that is?
1: What do you mean? Uh so the oh, first line. The first is.
2: line. I looked at all of them I've seen so far. The first line on the on the second on the uh, uh, the back face yeah. says transforms from growing rights of Itlamok, and I don't know why you would need that information if you can just turn the card over.
0: Uh, well, Robin, if it's in its sleeves, maybe if you forget what it came from, and you might be having a card on the battlefield that you might be considering transforming. I don't know. It might.
2: It might be because. Uh, it might just be for when the when the image is seen online like separately feet. somewhere.
1: Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, just just for looking at it on its own. Yeah. If you if you see just that image, knowing having some context for what it is.
0: Yeah, rather exactly. Than just
1: some weird card. Hey, yeah, so that that card
0: has the little the little icon in it. You know, I hadn't thought of this. Is that the land icon from Future Sight?
2: Yes, it is. Hmm. That's neat. Neat. Yeah, that's the the land type symbol from Future Sight, which also gets uh, used in uh, MtGO as well. When you're sorting your collection on MTGO, it uses the symbols from Future Sight.
1: Look at all these secrets.
0: Yeah. Um, so the next card we're gonna talk briefly about is Harold. Just Harold.
1: <laughs> Regular old Harold.
0: <laughs> Regular old Harold. It looks like a Harold, doesn't it?
2: This guy's name is now Harold. Yeah. Yes.
0: Right, it's Harold. And like he's got like red things merfolk finny things going down like suspenders. So
1: Harold Her- Secretman.
0: He could be Harold of the Secret Steve.
2: This, is, this no, is what the blue man group stream. looks like when they need a haircut.
0: Aww. Oh. oh no. So it is a merfolk warrior. It's a blue one this time as opposed to a green one um, that says creatures you control with a plus one plus one counters on them can't be blocked. So... Um, Here's uh, here's really the only thing you got to remember about this, is if you attack with a creature that doesn't have any counters and it gets blocked, putting counters on it after it gets blocked doesn't somehow magically make it unblocked.
1: <laughs> it's already blocked.
0: It's already blocked. And that's all Harold's got to say about that.
1: Dang it, Harold.
0: <sighs> Dang it.
1: Oh, come on, Harold.
0: Dang it, Harold.
2: Dang right. it, Harold. <laughs> <laughs> uh... The next, the next card we have is, um, Hostage Taker, another cool pirate card. I'm really enjoying the flavor of this set, by the way. This is another cool pirate Thank card. You. Uh, when Hostage Taker enters the battlefield, uh, exile target, artifact, or creature until Hostage Taker leaves the battlefield. You may cast that card for as long as it remains exiled, and you may spend mana as though or any, uh, as though or mana of any type to cast it. Okay. One thing you may notice about this card right off the bat is that it does weird things if it targets itself. So, uh, it has errata already. It cannot target itself. I believe the errata says, uh, exile another target
0: artifact or creature until hostage
1: shaker I leaves that's the battlefield.
2: The case. Uh, yeah. Because otherwise it does some, some
1: really crazy stuff. Um,
0: yeah, and it's a really bad plot to a movie, too, where someone takes themselves hostage. Take
1: yourself as a hostage. Right. Yeah,
0: well, it's I mean like that's Big just... Lebowski. Yeah.
1: yeah. Oh, did yeah. I just
0: spoil that movie? Yeah, I've never seen it. I'm sorry. That. That's okay. Spo- spoilers. Uh, we have to put we have to put a, a spoilers at the top of the the, the beginning of the episode. If no.
1: you were waiting all these years to see the Big Lebowski, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah.
0: Sorry, <Ruined> guys.
1: It. <laughs> Dang it, Harold. Uh... Dang. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, it can't
2: target itself. It can't target itself. Uh, uh, so. If Hostage Taker has its ability on the stack to, to exile an artifact or creature and it leaves the battlefield before that ability resolves, nothing gets exiled because the, the duration has ended before it began. Um, uh, if there are any auras or anything like that on the target, uh, when it is exiled, those things go away. Uh, equipment will obviously be detached, but will stay on the battlefield uh, if you exile a token in this way, it ceases to exist. You cannot cast the token. Uh, let's see here. What? What?
1: what? You can't cast, can't token. cast the token. Uh, I feel ripped off. Dang it, Harold. <laughs> Dang it, Harold.
2: Once the card is cast, uh, it's a new object independent of Hostage Taker's ability. So once you've cast that card, it's not going to come back to the battlefield when Hostage Taker leaves. It has been converted to the dark side. It is no longer gonna come back. Um, there are a couple of other interesting, awkward things that happen here. Um, so if I hostage taker Westvale Abbey after it has transformed, uh, I can't play it because I can't cast a land. That's true. Uh, so so it's, it's, and when it returns to the battlefield, it'll just, just return as, as, as a land side. Uh, but it is a way to get rid of it, interestingly. (laughs) Um, for now. For for now, yes, for now. Uh, I'm going to take it hostage, and it will turn into a land. And there's got to be an interesting flavor thing there somewhere, but I just I just don't <laughs> see it. Um,
1: this is the cure for werewolves.
2: <laughs> uh, so yeah, so there's some some weird stuff that can happen there. But overall, I really like the flavor of this card quite a lot. Me too. Um, Seems good. I like the flavor of the next card too. It's got a nice a uh, nice ring to it. Kind of flows.
1: You might say it's almost poetic. Yes,
2: yes, I would.
1: Uh, all right, so we, since this may or may not be a relevant character going forward, how do we pronounce her name? Watley?
2: Watley? Watley. Is it Watley?
1: I think it might be. We have Watley and Harold hanging out together? Watley and Harold. Uh, uh, well, what's, what's the dinosaur's name? What's the dinosaur's name? A dinosaur ha- Does the dinosaur have a name?
0: Uh, I, I kind of want to name it.
1: All right. Send us stuff probably has what, what we should what we should name Watley Warrior Poet's dinosaur.
0: I kind of think Spot would be a great name.
1: Uh, all right. So uh, Watley Warrior Poet is a planeswalker for three white red. Uh, starts with three has three starting loyalty. Uh, has a plus two ability that says you gain life equal to the greatest power among creatures you control. Uh, for reference, the greatest power is determined on resolution of that ability. Uh, and you can activate that even if you don't have any creatures. If you just want to plus two your planeswalker, you can do that. Uh, has a zero ability. Create a 3 3 green dinosaur creature token with trample. Note, she herself is not green. She makes green dinosaurs, though. Uh, and her third ability is minus X. Uh, she deals X damage divided as you choose among any number of target creatures. Uh, creatures dealt damage this way can't block this turn. Uh, so for that ability, you divide that damage as you activate it, and you have to assign at least one damage to each target. You can't say, I target all seven of your creatures, and I will only deal damage to these two. Each one that you choose to deal damage to has to be you have to assign at least one damage. Uh, if at the time when it resolves, some of those targets are illegal, uh, it will still do the damage you assigned to whatever is left as long as there are still legal targets. I think she looks cool. I think the card's cool. I think the card's expensive, but I think the card's cool. Five mana? Um, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't pass
2: the protects itself test uh like I, said, I mean it kind of does because it's a zero mana ability to make a three three which seems great but uh like it's plus ability doesn't really protect itself right we'll, we'll see you know the thing is like this feels sure. like honestly this feels like a green red planeswalker i don't understand mechanically why this card is is white
1: because you gain life
2: <laughs> but green cards gain life all the time
1: as a secondary yeah you're right dang it I harold got yeah, dang it. Well, maybe she
0: the, the plus two ability kind of sort of protects itself because you're gaining life because you probably have a big creature already on the battlefield.
2: Yeah, okay. which so. makes it worse if you don't.
0: Like, this is... Uh, yeah, all right. uh, you, got, you got something to block with, probably.
1: <laughs> She's just Bad Garrick.
0: She... That's how you okay. pronounce Watley. Bad beer. Bad Garrick. Bad Garrick. <laughs> <bad, bad,
1: laughs> I don't know. She looks cool. I like her art. I like her dinosaur friend. I'm wearing a dinosaur dress right now that you can't see. That's awesome. But man. I'm wearing it to, to celebrate. Uh,
0: I'm also wearing a dinosaur dress that you can't see.
1: <laughs> it's Is it over the rest of your clothes?
0: No, it's under. That's why you can't see it. It's under the jeans and I the, I, the invis- in
1: the... I'm
2: wearing a dinosaur shirt that says... Uh... Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. Are you
1: actually wearing that shirt right now? Yes. Awesome. That's nice. Good.
0: All right. Speaking of speaking of sudden inevitable betrayal, uh (laughs) Uh, Imperial Lancer for one white. It's a one-one that uh, has double strike as long as you control a dinosaur.
2: This is a knight Um, riding like a Triceratops's nightmare.
1: Uh, This is amazing.
0: Hold on, Alexa, Alexa's going off telling me dinosaur facts now for some reason.
1: Seriously? Yes. Alexa really wants you to know about dinosaurs.
0: I know. I, I need to find out if she ordered. She accidentally ordered me something. Um, <laughs> I, I've changed it so that she responds to the word computer so that I feel like I'm in Star Trek. So apparently I must have said something that sounds like that. Uh, okay. Awesome. So Imper- uh, Imperial Lancer... Uh, has double strike as long as you control a dinosaur. So, um, when you attack, okay, there is going to be, uh, and, and you control a dinosaur, uh, imp- there is going to be a first strike combat damage step. An Imperial Lancer is going to do, because it has double strike, is going to do combat damage during that first strike damage step. Now, if somehow your dinosaur dies, um During that first strike combat damage step, your Imperial Lancer is going to lose double strike. And when it comes time to normal or regular combat damage step, because it dealt damage during the first strike damage step and it does not have double strike, it will not deal damage uh, during the normal damage step. That makes sense. Mm -hmm.
2: I keep just wanting to say, dang it, Harold. Like, it seems so appropriate here.
0: Well, right. oh, your dinosaur died during first rate combat damage. That so dang it, Harold!
1: <laughs> I, I, what monster have we created here? It's so we appropriate. Have... Okay. There's so many
0: other heralds that we haven't done this for. But this that herald, <laughs> that
1: because he that looks was... like you a herald. Thought, you just thought that he herald was particularly like a... herald.
0: He he is. He's the the plutonic herald. It's
2: more like blue <laughs> tonic, Harold.
0: Am I right? Oh, hey. Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> Are you so, saying we're, we're bound to this joke now? Ha-ha.
2: Uh-huh. Uh, yes, bound to this joke with Ixalan. So the next card we're going to talk about, Ixalan's Binding. Uh, it's actually the binding of the book that Ixalan comes... In. Never mind. Um, Ixalan's yes. Binding is... It was,
1: all, it was all a story.
2: yes. Uh, when Ixalan's Binding enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent an opponent controls until Ixalan's Binding leaves the battlefield. Okay, that's pretty straightforward. Your opponents can't cast spells with the same name as the exiled card. That seems also pretty straightforward. There's still a few things we need to go over here. Um, they're similar to the things that we went over for the the other card I went over, for the, the hostage taker. Um, so, if... This leaves the battlefield before the triggered ability resolves. It won't be exiled. The tokens, if they are exiled, will cease to exist. Uh, Cards return to the battlefield immediately. After this leaves the battlefield, there's no triggered ability that causes them to return. Uh, The transformed cards come back with their front face up. And uh, if—so this is the one thing that's different. If the exiled card had a different name in exile than it did on the battlefield— so, like, let's say it was copying something, and then you exile it. Uh, Ixalan's Binding stops the casting of spells with the name as it is in exile. So if I have a clone that is copying my Runeclaw Bear, then mm. I, Ixalan's Binding the clone. uh it, It will prevent you from casting Clone. It will not prevent you from casting Runeclaw Bear. You can cast as many of those as you like.
1: I can cast so many Runeclaw Bears.
2: Um, and just like Hostage Taker, if the the card is somehow yanked out of exile, uh, like with a pull from Eternity or or something weird, um, Binding can't do anything with it anymore. In the case of Hostage Taker, you wouldn't be able to cast it. In the case of Ixalan's Binding, uh, you won't be able to stop it from being cast.
1: Because it's, it doesn't see that card anymore to be, uh, yeah.
2: So your opponent can just cast away.
1: (laughs) Wow. All right. That's. That, that may be the best actual segue we've had in a while. Uh, so Jace, Cunning Castaway. I get both Planeswalkers to talk about here. Uh, yeah, yeah. So here we have a card that, uh, would not work, uh, unless we had the rules change as discussed earlier, saying that Planeswalkers are, are now legendary permanents and there's no more Planeswalker uniqueness rule. Uh, so Jace, Cunning Castaway. Costs one blue blue. Uh, and start, has three starting loyalty. Uh, it has a plus one ability that says whenever one or more creatures you control, deal combat damage to a player this turn, draw a card, then discard a card. Uh has a minus two that says create a 2-2 two, two blue illusion creature token with when this creature becomes the target of a spell, sacrifice it. And a minus five that says create two tokens that are copies of Jace Cunning Castaway, except they're not legendary. So, because previously he, they weren't legendary at all, and we only had Planeswalker uniqueness to go off of, we Jace would say hi to his new friends, and then, then they would Highlander away. You know, what's funny
2: about this is this actually could have worked with the previous rule. Like, we th- we could have made a card that worked correctly with the previous rule, but it would have been hilarious flavor-wise, because in order to make it work, it would have had to say... They aren't Jace's.
1: <laughs> right. They are not Jace Planeswalker. Right. It's a copy,
0: so just not but Jace. they're not Jace's. Plan- Planeswalker, not Jace?
1: Yeah. You know. Planeswalker, un-Jace, and not Jace. Right. Um,
2: thing one and thing two. Uh,
1: so, uh, regarding interesting things about his abilities, his first ability regarding uh, combat damage and looting, uh, that can trigger multiple times if creatures have first strike or you have multiple combats or you're hitting multiple players because you are de- dealing combat damage to a player on more than one occasion. So I can deal first strike damage, loot, then deal regular combat damage, then loot. Uh, so the sacrifice trigger for the illusions uh, that he makes will go on the stack above whatever targeted them. And that will resolve before the spell that targeted them. So be conscious of that if it is making spells otherwise illegal, because those targets are no longer there. Um, the copies uh, that his third ability makes, the, his Jace copies, will also have three loyalty. They're not just going to pop in with no loyalty and sit around, uh, but they are not legendary. Uh, if something copies those tokens, they are that copy will also not be legendary.
2: Man, this just goes absolutely nuts with doubling season.
1: Uh. Jeez, <laughs> <laughs> just one like, million jaces.
0: So yeah, so so you would get four jaces right away, each with six loyalty counters that you could pop immediately. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, you actually just get infinite creatures because each because yeah, you, 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 your first jace can make two and one of those can make a creature and the other one can make two and one of those can make a creature and you just keep going and going and going
1: so you just get infinite two twos yes you get
0: infinite two twos
1: so you can ballet dance forever right and even if they wrath
2: the board you just do it again i like it it's amazing so
1: thanks weird half shirtless jace okay no what's weird,
2: weird about it what's weird about it is those lines okay He's got these they're lines. They're where the lines
1: were on his jacket. That they're exactly
2: where the lines were on his coat. It makes me wonder if that's true for the rest of him.
1: Ew. <laughs> Moving on.
0: Ew. With his arm, we're too. His arm's good-
1: got it
2: like the, from the gauntlet.
0: Anyway.
1: We're waving goodbye to you.
0: Okay, so the next card is a Klingon. It's named Kapla, Warden of the
1: Waves. <laughs> <laughs> sure.
0: It's actually, it's actually a merfolk wizard named... Coppola or Coppola or
1: Francis Ford
0: Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola, warden of (laughs) warden of the waves, possibly Harold. For one, possible. Well, no, I don't think this is Harold. Yeah, probably right. No, he's not as as blue as Harold. All
1: right, Uh, so so it's one blue, blue
0: for a legendary creature. This one's legendary. Harold is not legendary. Harold is like like you could look at him and then look away, and you're not even sure that you actually looked at Harold. Like you, you've already forgotten
1: no what you look
0: like. Herald. Right. There's no. There's no legendary herald. Um. Legend. This one. This. Uh. This Klingon though is a legendary Klingon. Uh. Merfolk war- wizard. Uh. That says uh, spells your opponents cast that target a merfolk you control cost two more to cast. Two generic uh, abilities that opponents activate that target a merfolk you control cost two more to activate. So what if it costs two more? Um, so the way we determine cost of spells is, um, you figure out, uh, you know, if you announce the value of X, you figure it out, you look at any additional costs, you add those, you look at anything that reduces costs, you subtract those, um, to figure out how much it's going to be. So if you are casting something that has an alternate cost, uh, that targets, uh, merfolk, um, and it requires you, you know, the alternate cost is like, sacrifice a creature or something like that. You're going to have to sacrifice a creature and pay two mana. Um, see here. Um, Reminding for activated abilities. Activated abilities have a colon in them. Uh, that includes planeswalker abilities. Uh, you don't necessarily think of those being activated abilities, but they are. So that warrior poet uh, had an ability that could uh, do damage to things. Uh, that is an activated ability, and you would have to actually pay mana for a Planeswalker ability. Um, copies of spells and abilities aren't going to have this tax. So if you cast a spell that targets, you have to pay the two more. Um, if you somehow copy that spell, you, you don't have to pay an additional two. Uh, this doesn't interact with triggered abilities at all. Um, and if you have a spell or ability that targets multiple merfolk, uh, you don't get taxed the two additional mana for each target. It's just a flat. It's a flat tax. It's a flat,
1: it's a flat tax. tax.
0: It's a it's a flat tax.
1: How
2: considerate. Yes. All right. So we've got uh, the next card here. Uh, I think it's from Brian. Do you want to talk about this card, or do you want me to take it?
0: Uh. Okay. I, I'll talk about it because I I just want to say the word uh the name of the card a lot of times um <laughs> so the next. <laughs> This card, uh, it's called Lurking Chupacabra. Um, it is a it is the first Chupacabra that has been in Magic.
2: <laughs> Unfortunately, Ever. it does not have type Chupacabra. It is type Beast Horror.
0: Yeah, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, so I actually looked up uh, descriptions on Chupacabras, and there's multiple appearances of Chupacabras. Like some Chupacabras are giant lizards, but and some appear like dogs with a ridged spine and glowing eyes and, like, some sort of weird triangle pincer thing. So I think this is trying to be the second chupacabra, not the lizard chupacabra. Uh, chupacabra in Spanish is is literally uh, the word goat sucker, uh, from chupar meaning to suck and cabra meaning goat. So it is the suck goat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is so really I don't even want to go over what the card does. I've just said what I wanted to say about the Chupacabra. No. Um it's a it's a for three and a black, it's a two-three beast horror that says whenever a creature you control explores, target creature uh oh, sorry, whenever a creature you control explores, target creature and opponent control gets minus two, minus two until end of turn. What's important here is um the act of exploring the trigger doesn't go on the stack until the creature finishes exploring, so you don't have to declare a target um, until until you're done exploring.
1: Because the actual act of exploring is the is is what triggers it. Is after already after you've already done all the exploring parts. I yeah. know that sounds weird.
2: I think right. what's important about that and, is is that if somebody looks at the card, they have not missed their trigger.
1: Right.
0: Right. the The other thing is um, even if the creature that let you explore, so you have a creature that when it enters the battlefield explore, and in response to that trigger uh, the opponent kills that creature you're still going to explore you're not going to have the option of putting the plus one plus one counter on the creature but you're still exploring, which means the lurping the lurking suck the lurking suck goat is still going to trigger when that explorer completes and target creature and opponent controls is going to get minus two, minus two, until end of turn.
2: I think it's a, a lurking goat suck. Like, not a suck goat. I mean, literally,
0: um, it is a suck goat.
2: <laughs> it's like a sucker of goats.
0: Saying, can we stop well, it's saying suck goat? It's, it's, I mean, it's a it's a goat sucker. Can I say that?
2: Can I say that every time I, like, activate or, like, trigger this ability? Like, I'm gonna explore, and that guy can suck a goat. What? Like, <laughs>
1: Can uh, can we uh stop saying suck goat? We got anything else we want to say about about the chupacabra? Dang it, Harold! About L <laughs> chupacabra.
0: L chupacabra. No, would it be La chupacabra?
1: Probably. Like, yeah. I don't know. Is that a is that a feminine no. noun? It ends. I mean. It ends in an A. It ends but an A. Uh. Okay. Well. Again, somebody you tell know, us, send us an email. Yes. Yeah, so so
0: <laughs> if chupacabra is masculine or feminine uh i'm pretty
2: sure it's L Chup- chupacabra a, a quick that's google search tells yeah. me that's a thing
1: all right oh. we gotta we gotta we gotta hustle through these last few cards because we're we're enjoying our puns we way gotta, too much
2: yeah. all right moving on then so much
1: all right uh so another card with many many words on it and is also a double faced card uh it's like a pattern here um Uh, Primal Amulet. It is a 4-mana artifact that says instant and sorcery spells you cast cost 1 less to cast. Uh, It says whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, put a charge counter on Primal Amulet. Then if there are 4 or more charge counters on it, you may remove those counters and transform it. It then transforms into Primal Wellspring which is a land it is not a legendary land for what it's worth uh, that you can tap to add 1 mana of any color to your mana pool When that mana is spent to cast an instant or or sorcery spell, copy that spell and you may choose new targets for the copy. Um, so the, the trigger, uh, when you, when you cast your final spell for primal amulet, uh, your trigger will resolve before that spell does. Um, if you're trying to do something tricksy where you use the mana from the flip side to cast the spell that you, that it causes, gives you your fourth counter. That doesn't work. You will have already needed to, to do that by the time, uh, to pay the, the mana by the time it would trigger and flip. Um, if you somehow get a fourth counter on Primal Amulet, uh, through something that isn't the, the trigger, uh, you're it's not going to transform, you're still going to need to cast an instant or sorcery. Um, even though Primal Wellspring's mana only really cares about casting, copying incidents or sorceries, you can still use it on anything. It doesn't say you can only use it to, to, uh, on instant or sorceries. Um, let's see what else we have on this friendo here. Uh, the trigger set up from uh from spending mana from wellspring on instant or, instants or sorceries will still trigger even if your wellspring is no longer there when you spend the mana so let's say you float it and somehow all, float your mana somehow all your lands are destroyed and then you spend that mana on a an instant you still get to copy it even though your land isn't there anymore um, and as always with copies, uh, you are not casting the copy. It will still have the same number of targets, same modes, and any previous value of X that you have locked in, and you cannot choose to pay any additional or alternate costs. That's a... Uh, that was a lot. For a card that seems, yeah, for a card that seems relatively straightforward, it, it's always the same stuff that comes up with copies and with the added problems inherent in a double face card. Yeah, it's you. You have uh,
2: you've hit a bunch of complicated cards this this <laughs> release notes episode.
1: Yeah, I just I've just gotten the ones with the most words. Yay! Yeah. But I didn't get to talk about the suck goat. So, <laughs>
0: or, or now, hold on, or, I thought we weren't supposed to say suck goat anymore.
1: Or Harold, you've you've ruined it. Ruined
0: it. Ruined. Uh, yes. So the next <laughs> card is ruined raider uh, for two and a two and a black. Uh, it is a. 3-2 Orc Pirate. Uh, looks like meets back on the menu, boys. Uh, at the beginning, it has Raid. At the beginning of your end step, if you attacked with a creature this turn, reveal the top card of your library and put that card into your hand. You lose life equal to that card's converted mana cost. Hey, that sounds like Bob.
2: Yeah, it's but it's a bob, bob that requires is. you to attack first and also costs more. Yeah. It's just bad Bob. Yeah, It is
0: bad Bob. So, so here's some, here's some things, here's some things that apply to Bad Bob. Um, if, uh, if you flip over a revealed card and that card has X in its, uh, in its mana cost, you're gonna treat that like zero. Um, if the revealed card doesn't have a mana cost, you're gonna, it's CMC is zero. So if you flip over a land, eh. Um, and if you were, are to flip over a split card or an aftermath card, uh, you're gonna count both them halves. Yeah, so, uh, and might...
2: a, as a reminder, that's a recent rules change. So if you're hearing that and going, "Wait, that's not right," uh, yes, it
0: is. It is though. It is. It just wasn't.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it technically yeah. was, but like, it's 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 now like actually saying, I spoke out of turn. Was. It was not It was before, but but stuff changed. It
0: was not was. It was not was. That was.
2: was. that's a deep one. Nobody's going to get that. Reference.
0: It is. No one's going to
1: get that reference.
0: They are. All right. You, you say that, you say that, but then we get emails and tweets where people are like, Brian, I got that joke. <laughs> Only like two or three. <laughs> Only two or three. But...
1: All right. All right. What do we got next? We
2: have, uh, this is possibly my favorite card in the set, and that's saying a lot because there it's are a, a lot of great cards great card. in this set. This is Settle the Wreckage. I like to refer to it, and
0: will henceforth refer to it, as a Wrath to Exile.
2: That's, that's
1: a such name. a good
0: name. It's a good name. Did you come up with that? No. I did you see it somewhere?
2: Oh, who did come up with that? I I want to give credit where credit is due. I saw it on Twitter, and I don't remember who said it. It might have been... Uh, uh, I think it was Cedric Phillips, but I'm not actually sure.
1: Anyway. You can talk about Wrath to Exile, and I'll do some... some can searching. You can do, do
2: the Googling. Um, thank you. Uh, I, all right, so Wrath to Exile. It's an instant that costs two white white. It says Exile... All attacking creatures target player controls. That player may search his or her library for that many basic land cards, put those cards onto the battlefield tapped, then shuffle his or her library. That's ridiculous.
0: Jeez, I almost want you to read that again just so the people at home can take that in.
2: Uh, yeah, so exile all, tar- all attacking creatures target player controls. Then they may search their library for that many land basic land cards... Put them onto the battlefield, tapped, then shuffle their library. Um, it's just Path to Exile for what? everything that's attacking. It is Wrath to Exile, cost four mana. Wrath of God what? For, for exiling. Now, um, uh, so it targets the player. So it gets around he- creatures with Hexproof, gets around creatures with any kind of protection. It exiles, so it gets around creatures that are indestructible. It's just great. Um... The player can find fewer basic land cards if they want, even though the card says that many, because they can fail to find on the rest once they've gotten to a certain point. So if I play it and they, and you exile three cards, then uh, we can fail to find uh, on the last two if you only want to get one land for some reason. Uh, the number of lands equals the number of attacking creatures that were exiled, even if some of those were tokens. Vehicles, animated lands, or things like commanders that went to the command zone. Those are still considered attacking creatures for the purposes of this card. Those were creatures that were attacking and were exiled. Um, let's see what else about this card.
0: This, this card's insane.
2: Yeah, this is, this is, uh, this is going to be great. Um, oh, interestingly, it does say target player. This means that you could target yourself with it. There's been a lot of conversation about this. I, I realize it's probably not going to be a real thing that, that matters. But just so you know, uh, let's say you're stuck on four lands. You really need to ramp yourself up and you attack. In any point while your creatures are attacking, including the end of combat step or the combat damage step after damage is been dealt, you can cast Settle the Wreckage, targeting yourself. Yourself, sorry. And you can Wrath to Exile yourself and get a bunch more land. So maybe there's some weird white scapeshift deck out there. I don't know, but uh, this is a very exciting card for me because it makes me want to do unexpected stuff with it.
1: So I return Sheesh. with no useful information from the what? Twitter. Lots of lots of people have been calling it that, uh, but somebody did suggest the idea of a uh, Path of God, which I also like.
2: Path of God is good too. Yeah, I like I like Path of God.
1: Uh, but yeah, there were, there, there were enough people saying it that I cannot, uh, I don't, I don't feel comfortable giving any one person the, uh the, the credit for it. There. Dang that's it, Harold. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll blame Harold.
2: Let's see here.
0: You could actually target your opponent while you're attacking. I know that's dumb. That's one of those, like, you can do it type <laughs> judge questions.
1: Can do it. You're, you're allowed. Yeah.
0: There's nothing stopping you other than just common sense.
2: Alright, so the earliest uh, reference to Wrath to Exile I can find is on August 29th, which I think was the day it was spoiled. Somebody named Josh Lee Kwai tweeted Wrath to Exile seems good. Another reason to avoid the combat step. So I'm gonna give him credit even if it's not correct.
1: Well the the first person I saw was somebody named Josh Miller okay. on April twenty eight on August twenty eighth. Dang it.
0: Okay. <laughs> Dang it Harold. You,
1: so you understand now. Yeah. Um uh, uh Alright, anything else we want to say about Wrath to Exile?
2: No, it's just another exciting card. I love this set.
1: Awesome. Uh, I think it's all a ruse, uh, which is weird because that's something I actually say. Um, <laughs> uh, but, uh, so Siren's Ruse is a, an instant for one in blue, uh, that says exile target creature you control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. If a pirate was exiled this way, draw a card. Uh, so you can do cool things or you can do even more cool things if you have pirates. Um, as always, if, you, if your creature goes away and it comes back, it is a new object. All auras fall off. Counters that were on it are no longer on it. Um, any spells that targeted the creature that was the previous object, uh, don't target it anymore because it's a new object. Uh, if this is targeting a token and the token is exiled this way, uh, that token is gone. I know that we talked about the phasing changes recently about something about equipment attached to things that are phased. It's this, this still works the way it worked previously. Nothing, nothing has changed in that regard.
0: Cool. Uh, okay. So the next card is Sunbird Evocation. Uh, and I'm just now realizing that it is an enchantment and not a creature. Yep. Uh, it is because it looks like a creature for five and a red. It is an enchantment that says, whenever you cast a spell from your library, reveal the top X cards of your library where X is that spells converted mana cost. You may cast a card revealed this way with converted mana cost X or less without paying its mana cost. Jeez, it says mana cost a lot of times. <laughs> um, uh, or less without paying its fanatic cost, put the rest on the bottom of the library in any order. All right, or,
1: sorry, in in a random order.
0: In in, in a random order.
2: And so you see how this this um, this this is like it's an owl and it's flying around and it's all on fire like a phoenix, but it's not. There's like ash and smoke everywhere. No it's, phoenix. It's an no. owl of devastation.
1: <laughs>
2: I didn't come up with that, I, but but I like it. No, no, I didn't come up with that.
1: Dang no. it, Harold!
2: Yeah, that was Dang that was the, the, the Star City Games parody <clears throat> mat for the la, for for our of Devastation was Owl of Devastation. This reminded me of that, but I I think it's key.
0: I do think I do think an altar uh, where this owl is 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 just quizzically say Mrs. Jonathan Briggsby would be great. No, get, didn't yeah, get it. it. Secret of Secret of Nim? Nope. Nope. No. No right. Nim. <laughs> so. About... So this is a tweet. Tweet us if you got the joke. <laughs> okay. Alright. So here's the thing. Casting the bird won't cause its own ability to trigger. This thing has to be right. on the battlefield uh, in order for this its trigger to take effect. So you are paying six mana for it. Do nothing in shame. Absolutely. You're, you're mm-hmm. paying six mana
2: to not affect the game state in any way. It's probably not mm-hmm. a good card.
0: Probably not. Okay. Um, Sunbird's ability is going to resolve before the spell that triggered it. So you're going to do all of this revealing of the top X cards, and maybe casting uh, a, one of those cards before that spell resolves. Alright? Um, if the triggering spell has X in its mana cost, so you are casting Blaze for, you know, X equal to 7, then you're going to use that X to determine the CMC, so it's going to be, you know, total of 8. Um, then you're going to start revealing cards. Um... The card that you choose to cast, if it has X in its mana cost, well, that's going to be zero because you're paying, you know, without the mana cost. So you can't just say, oh, well, X is going to be infinity in order to pay any mana for it, so blaze at 420, you know. Um,
1: <laughs> that's, that's what the bird says.
0: That's that's how much damage you would do with blaze if you had infinite mana. Um, oh, good. Yes. Uh, so casting the revealed card... Uh, choosing and casting the revealed cards happens as the part as part of the resolution of this triggered ability, so it's going to go on the stack above the original spell you cast. So you're going to cast your spell, you're going to do all these the, this reveal th- this revealing, and then you're going to pick the card to cast, and you're going to cast it, and you're going to resolve that card before you even get to your original spell. Um, and then when you're casting that spell uh, uh, from the triggered ability, you can't pay any alternate costs. But you can pay additional costs. Okay, so uh, and that's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say about that.
1: Hey, hey,
0: Jess, you're up.
2: Hey, okay. So our next card she. is uh, Tocatly Honor Guard. Tocatly, Tocatly, I don't know. Totally? I don't know. Okay.
1: Tocatly. Hotly.
2: Dude. Um. N- yes. Now, you, now you understand my pain. Yes. Yes, Takatli Honor Guard understands.
1: Pepper's Farm remembers.
0: Read the flavor text. I have to say that what other that other word? Pachatupa? Pot-
1: Pot- Pachatupa. Pot- All right. Okay. what, so, is, what does this friend
2: do? Uh, creatures entering the battlefield don't cause abilities to trigger. Pretty straightforward. A uh, couple things about this. Uh, there's a difference between triggered abilities and replacement effects. So things that say this enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter, for example will still enter the battlefield with an additional plus one, plus one counter, because that replaces how they enter the battlefield. Something that said, when this enters the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on it, is a triggered ability that won't trigger, because the Honor Guard prevents it. Uh, So, it stops a creature's own enters the battlefield triggers. It also stops, enters the battlefield triggers... That just happen when a creature comes into play that aren't on them. So if something said whenever another creature enters the battlefield, deal one damage to target creature or player, that would not trigger when a creature enters the battlefield, including when the Honor Guard enters the battlefield. Uh, so it doesn't the, the the event doesn't necessarily have to specify creatures entering the battlefield. So something might say whenever a permanent enters the battlefield. Uh, do X. And if that permanent is a creature, it will not trigger because a creature would have caused it. Similarly, if it says, if an artifact enters the battlefield and the artifact that's entering the battlefield is a, an artifact creature, when that artifact creature enters the battlefield won't trigger because it's a creature. Um, let's see. And if the honor guard enters the battlefield with a bunch of other creatures at the same time, if any of those creatures have, uh, Triggered abilities that would trigger because those creatures are entering the battlefield. None of them will trigger.
1: So you're saying I shouldn't play this in Collected Company? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I'm
2: not Day. saying it, but uh, but you shouldn't. Mm, fair.
0: <laughs> we just say we just talk about what's legal. We don't talk about what's wise. We
1: Speaking
2: do. Actually, surprisingly, about the time, uh, surprisingly, about the time, we go. This card is good. or This card is bad. Or you know.
1: We pass our own judgments. Yeah, we do. Uh, they they may or may not be correct. Uh, all right, I think this is our last card. I think it is. Uh, we had a nice debate on whether or like we whether or not the art on this card was good earlier. Uh, it <laughs> is Waker of the Wilds. It is a three three for two green green. It is a Merfolk Shaman and has an activated ability uh, for green, green X that says put X plus one, plus one counters on target land. You control that land becomes a zero, zero elemental creature with haste. It is still land. Uh, so this card has the word wake in it, in the name. It's basically awaken on a stick. Uh, if you were around during uh battle for Zendikar, uh, for reference, the land animation uh, lasts forever. It doesn't go away. It is just gonna be a land, and it's gonna be a creature. Uh, if it, the ability targets a land that is already a creature, the base power and toughness is set to zero. Yeah. So, so it's, if it's a,
2: it's not yeah. a good combat trick in that situation. <laughs> it is not. Well, I mean, it can be if you. I guess if you could pump enough mana into it, it is. But generally, it's not going to be a good
1: so if you have your the wandering fumarole right it doesn't you might have a sad i was just trying to pick any any other an, land, animated land uh but that one yeah if, if if it's otherwise uh it otherwise would have some some different base power and toughness this would set it to zero but would still put whatever crack counters on it you can go the other way happens. though
2: you can make it a zero zero put the counters on and then activate the ability, and it says its power to something
1: else. That's true.
0: Yeah, that works.
1: Uh, by the way, we did come to the conclusion that the art on this card is not great, but I still like it anyway. Um,
0: so here's one thing I've noticed. If you cover up her face, you can't tell whether her front or her back is facing the viewer.
2: Uh, Somebody keeps moving this card.
1: <laughs> I, I, it's me. It's uh, me that is true <laughs> that it, because of the way the arms are
0: yeah the, the the hands are like glowing in some sort of phosphorus the, paint the and left you can't hand tell.
2: clearly has a palm
0: uh no, it could be it could be reversed the other way yeah. I'm serious if you cover up the face all right it, all
2: right so so
0: awaken on a stick yeah
2: okay so moving on hey,
0: you want to leave you better stop arguing
2: moving on I'm
1: not, ar- I'm not arguing <laughs>
2: Thank you so much for sticking with us and listening through this episode. Uh, This is and has been episode number 182 where we discussed the Ixalan release notes and cool cards from Ixalan. Uh, If you liked this show, uh, please go ahead and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts um, and rate us. However you rate us on that system, it's five stars on iTunes. Uh, you can contact us by emailing judgecastgmail.com and we answer all of our emails as much as we can or um, whenever we remember to, you know, however that works. Um, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash judgecast. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash judgecast. Uh, please tweet at us. We will respond. Um, and you can check out our archive at judgecast.com. Uh,
1: Somebody's been tweeting about Porculus a lot over the past few days. Yes, yes. Porculus.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the Porculus. All right. Um, so um, thank you again for listening. Episode 182. My name is Jess Dunks. I keep it fair.
1: And I'm Bergen King, and I keep it fun.
2: And I'm
0: Brian Frilliman, and I walk the dinosaur. Boom, boom, akka, akka, boom. Boom, boom, akka, akka, boom, 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 akka, boom, boom, Lack-a-lack-a-boom. boom, boom, Lack-a-lack-a-boom. boom. boom. Lack-a-lack-a-boom. boom, boom. Hello and welcome to JudgeCast. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Prillman, uh, and I am joined... Ah, shit, I screwed up.
1: That's Hello? Okay. Yeah.
0: Hello, hey, Brian, you should welcome try to again.
1: <laughs> no! No! <laughs> I, I can't believe you've done this.
2: <laughs> All right, I'm done. Sorry.